Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and I made it. Somehow I managed to find time to record another podcast to cap off our Wizard of Oz series on every version ever. I've been wanting to cover Return to Oz probably since I started Oztober over on my other podcast, before this podcast was even a thing, and I finally got to it. I really wanted to cover Return to Oz with my friend Jenna, as she had told me, I think last year, that she really liked this movie, so I wanted to wait till we could do it together before I covered it. Our schedules have been really busy this summer, so it never quite worked out, but somehow, at the last minute, we managed to get together and record it in time for me to get it edited and ready to go. Return to Oz is yet another pseudo-sequel to the original MGM film, but somehow, unlike the other sequels we've talked about before, this one actually manages to be its own thing. I still would have preferred to see an original Wizard of Oz story set in this universe first, before we got this sequel, but that aside, this manages to be entertaining and weirdly fun in a dark, semi-creepy, 80s fantasy kind of way. So, I'm assuming that you saw this as a kid. You talked like this was a favorite. Actually, well, I mean, I saw it um, probably as a preteen. Okay. And, well, still a kid. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I I don't re I don't remember how though. I <laughs> I guess somehow I came across the VHS tape. Um, as a kid, library maybe. That's maybe, how I saw movies. Yeah, I don't know. I was really really into the MGM movie as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. so maybe I saw this movie and I thought, hey Oz, I'm not sure. But all I know is, like, I watched it and I fell in love with it. Um, and it's it's still one of my favorite movies. I think I hear Toto in the background. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 it's themed. Um, I, I did actually used to have a, a Karen Terrier like Toto. But anyway, oh. yeah, he passed. But, um, oh, gosh, I hope she doesn't bark. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a part chihuahua. She's a barker. All right. Uh, yes. Uh, anyway, uh, so, um, right. So I fell in love with this movie, and I, I watched it lots of times. And uh, when my I got I had like a little baby cousin who was super into Wizard of Oz, like the MGM movie, and she would mm-hmm. watch it over and over. And eventually, I just got really tired of seeing it over and over. And I said, hey, you want to see what happens next? And she, <laughs> and she went, okay. So I showed her Return to Oz, and um, she was very quiet. She wasn't, you know, I, I was expecting some reaction, but she just kind of, like, stared blankly. And I was like, okay, she's not screaming, though. Um, <laughs> and then, and then uh, later... Uh, well, I had asked what she thought. She thought, she said it was okay. And then <laughs> uh, later, her mom came up to me and she said, "What does she mean when she says she wants to watch the scary Oz?" <laughs> <laughs> what did you show her? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. It tur- but it turned out good. I explained what it was. I actually gave them my VHS t- tape copy, and they were thankful to have some variety um, <laughs> instead of watching the MGM <laughs> movie over and over. But I, but I did scare them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better reaction than I expected. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, you know, I love this movie, but it is kind of the scary Oz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's what i'd always heard about it is i i'd never seen it before i watched it for this podcast really? i always heard that it was terrifying <laughs> and i guess i'd expected it to be cheesy and maybe not very good it, it was actually better than i thought it was gonna be <laughs> oh that's great i'm glad you liked it or i think that that it was better than you thought at least i did enjoy it I, I don't know how often I would rewatch it, but I probably would watch it again if I in, maybe in the future sometime. I highly recommend it because you you notice new things on rewatching. Mm, yeah. Well, to me the 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 more I want to rewatch something, 
I feel like that's a hallmark of a good movie. Mm. And I feel like I would watch this one again. I'm glad to hear that more people to the cult have returned to Oz. (laughs) (laughs) It's a cult classic for a reason, is what I say. I I can see why. It really had like a labyrinth or dark crystal type feel to it. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know if, I think some of the same people worked on it. I'm not 100% sure. Brian Henson was wor- worked on it. He okay. actually voiced Jack, the, the pumpkin guy. Oh, there you go. See, I'm not, I'm just a casual fan to be honest, but yeah. And I think I've watched like, uh, some behind the scenes stuff where one of them said they worked on dark crystal. And like compared some of the puppetry to that, so okay, yeah, uh, and oh my gosh, the puppetry is amazing. Sets yeah. are amazing. The costumes are amazing. And the stop motion with the gnome king, yes, and all of his—I don't know if they were supposed to be other gnomes, but all the the rock effects looked really good. Yeah, those are—I think those are gnomes. Um, yeah, that's the—I know the stop motion's done by Will Vinton Studios. They used to do all the, like, claymation uh, ads in the 80s. Uh, you know, mm. like, um, the raisins. Do you know what I'm talking about? I heard the it California on the grapevine. Yes, yes. They did the yeah. California raisins commercials. Okay. I had a little toy of those, one of those, when I was little. I think it was playing a trumpet or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh and they they also worked on like Moonwalker, so I I mean they they did a lot of prolific stuff. Oh, they also did like uh, here's some Alice for you. They did the claymation and Alice uh, Adventures in Wonderland as well. After this, okay. So um, interesting. Yeah, they were pretty prolific back then, um, and I I think this is like the best project they ever did ever. The integration with the live action is really really good. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read the books? Yes. That was going to be my question to you, is have you read the, <laughs> the two books that this is based on? I have. Um, actually, Land of Oz is probably my favorite of the series. Okay. But I, I haven't read it in a while. Uh, yeah, me neither. Yeah. I have read it enough that I recognized things from each, but I haven't read it recently enough that I could tell you how accurate they were. I, I could tell some things. Like, some things were either way off or they combined things mm. so i could i could tell that much in some areas but for the most part i don't know exactly how accurate it was an Aussian, or as i i forget the fan term um might disagree with me but i think that it's really pretty accurate for combining the two stories and i, I think they combine them like so well too mm-hmm. heck i i kind of think it's better with the two of them combined um, than them separately. I think the biggest difference is the fact that I think the Marvelous Land of Oz is that's the one with Tip, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's the biggest difference is you're following not Dorothy, a brand new character named Tip, and then by the end of the book you find out that this little boy is actually secretly Ozma, the Queen of Oz. Like Matt, he. She had been magically transformed into a little boy when she was a baby and then grew up thinking she was just this poor servant peasant boy and then finding out, no, actually, you're the queen of Oz. And then he was transformed back to Ozma, I think, at the end. Yeah. But that's the biggest difference because there's no tip and Ozma is not transformed. She's just hidden in a mirror, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what's going on. I thought she was a ghost at first. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, she's trapped in the... Well, I think originally she was free to walk around because apparently she made Jack Pumpkinhead. But um, but yeah, then... Oh, yeah, okay. Then I guess she pissed off Mombi and she put her in the mirror. Um, Oh, yeah, that's that's another big difference. The the Mombi character mm -hmm. is two different characters. It's combined, yeah. Like, combined. Because there was a queen of a different land i believe who who changed heads and i don't think it was even supposed to be a scary thing in the book i don't remember it being scary it was just she wanted the book has a lot of the book has a lot of like dark imagery stuff 
and it just totally mm-hmm. acts like there's nothing scary about it. Yeah, like, that's true. Like in the first book, for instance, uh, and I've re- I've reread the first book quite a bit, so I'm you know like the part where uh, the flying monkeys are attacking them, and the Tin mm-hmm. Woodsman chops off like their heads. Dorothy has no reaction. This is totally normal for a little girl to witness decapitation of monkeys. You know, so it's, there's a lot of dark stuff in Oz that Bomb just kind of like, it's okay. Um, I, don't, I don't remember the monkeys being decapitated, but I do remember that her friends were ripped limb from limb. Except oh, yeah. for the lion, who yeah. was put in a cage. And that's pretty dark too. I mean, like, yes, they are not alive, so they're fi- they were fine, but that is pretty dark as well. Or, uh-huh. or even the Tin Woodsman, like his origin story of being yes chopped off at the limb, <laughs> like it's actually a pretty dark children's book. I, I, yeah. As an Alice expert, I always find it weird when people insist Alice is really dark, and I'm like, <laughs> but have you read Oz? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see you saying anything about that one. People don't read the original Oz books as much. No, I think they mostly stick to the MGM version, which is very different than the books. Like, there's some, there's a lot that is the same, but there is a lot that is way different. I could ramble on about the MGM movie because the MGM movie is what I originally made me fall in love with the story. But then I became a nerd and started reading the books, and then, <laughs> and then I got really annoyed at what they did in the MGM movie. So I think I was yeah. the same way. Yeah, I, I've I've kind of gotten over it. But when I was a kid, I I remember I loved the MGM version, mm. and then I got to the point where I was like, if a movie doesn't follow the books exactly then it's a terrible movie. And then I went for, through a phase where I hated the MGM version because it was so different than the books. And now I'm kind of over that, and I'm okay with them changing some things. But I would like a really book-accurate version. I think that somebody could do a really good job with it. It'd be weird, but I still want it. <laughs> the problem I think I, I still have with the MGM movie, because I have re- I did go th- through that myself. I have re-accepted it, because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay... You know, I'm kind of like, they they didn't get the color symbolism. They screwed up the color symbolism in the MGM movie. Like, they didn't get it. Um, They really, like, kind of whitewashed it. Like, one of the things that annoys me is that Dorothy accidentally throws the water on the witch because she's just trying to, like, put out the fire, right? Whereas in the book, Mm -hmm. she's like, you know, screw you. Like, (laughs) she does it on purpose. And I... (laughs) I kind of hate that they take away that spark in her character just for her to be like a nice girl. Anyway, so, um, but the main problem I still have with the NGM movie is that everyone's so in love with it that they absolutely cannot, you know, like entertain different interpretations or adaptations of the story. And, Uh and then when you do get a movie that tries to be more accurate to the books, like Return to Oz, um, Mm -hmm. people think it's totally like against what Oz is and they they don't get it. And that, that really annoys me. Yeah. Another thing that I think I've talked about this in previous Oz related podcasts is that nobody wants to touch the MGM version. They refuse to try and remake it. And it, it doesn't, it's not even like they would be remaking the MGM version. Just do another adaptation of the original book. They always want to start with a sequel which that's that's one reason that I kind of thought that Return to Oz was not going to be that great. It's because it was another movie that didn't have an original movie. It basically was a sequel to either the MGM version or a movie that doesn't exist. Mm. And this one is kind of somewhere in between because it's sort of a sequel to the MGM version because there are things that are in this version that are only in the MGM version, especially like the Ruby Slippers, that is the MGM version, and I'm actually surprised that they have that in there, because oh, they paid a lot. I think of there's money. like a legal thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, they I was paid wondering about that. A lot of money, like an insane amount of money to use the Ruby Slippers. And I was okay. like, yeah, personally, I would have preferred silver, but yeah, whatever. That that's more book accurate, but that was one thing that I was 
kind of confused. I'm like, is this supposed to be a sequel to the MGM version? But then it had like the book accurate Tin Man origin story <laughs> because she was telling people about it. I was like, well, that's not from the MGM version. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, I, I feel like it's kind of like it's meant to be a sequel to the original book, but they had to put MGM stuff in it in order to like green light it being made. Hmm. I mean, as an executive, would you, and if somebody came to you with, like, this fan project, like, I want to make, you know, based on the books, and they're like, who would watch that? <laughs> like That that does seem yeah. to be an issue. Yeah. But it's also kind of a, sh- I don't know, it's kind of a shame as well, because I would love to see, like, a, a fir- you know, an adaptation of the first book done in this style with Frieza yeah. Balk. She makes a really good Dorothy, I think. Um, she did. Yeah, I actually I like her better than Judy Judy Garland. But that part of that's because she's much younger, so she. I was I was just gonna say, in some ways I agree, in other ways I I really like Judy Garland. But the main reason is she's actually the right age. Judy Garland was, even though she's great, she was way too old for the for the role. I mean, to be fair to Judy, like uh, the only child actress that was probably age appropriate for that role was Shirley Temple. And that was, that just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I would have loved to see a Shirley Temple wizard of Oz. That would be, that would be so interesting. Me too. But at the same time, like, would it be worse? Like, would there be tap dancing? And, uh, <laughs> but then again, Ray Bulger and Shirley Temple, you know, and Ray Bulger was, is a really good dancer. That would have been interesting. Anyway, <laughs> this... we need like some kind of a machine to hop to a different dimension where this exists and we can watch it. <laughs> yes, because uh, yeah, I because you know she was uh, she was really close to being Wizard of Oz. Did you hear about that? I think so. I don't remember exactly how it went, but I remember she was in the running for a while. Yeah, they were like supposed to trade her with like two other actors, but one of them died. Oh. So they wouldn't go through with it, and she was really huh. she was really disappointed. It was like her favorite mo- like her favorite story. Huh. But anyway, um, sorry, we're off track. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> child stars. I I do get that it's really hard to find good child stars. Mm-hmm. Ursula Bulk, like she's young, but she she's so good at acting. Like she she when you think about it, she has almost no other humans. For most of the movie to interact with. Yeah, that's true. That is so hard to do, especially for young kids. You know, I've seen a lot of Alice's where they have young Alice's like interact nothing and they put something Mm -hmm. in post and it, you know, a lot of them you could just kind of tell like she can't really pretend there's something there. She's just kind of reciting lines. Uh, Like I think the Angie, like the 1985 Oh my gosh, I'm not gonna say it right. Angie Alice is like that. Anyway, so Feruza did a great job, and uh, yeah. oh, she did all all of the stunts too, all of them. Hmm. I also thought that the girl who played Ozma was good too, but she she wasn't in there as much. But I thought she was good. What's interesting about her? Did you uh, know that they dubbed her voice? Huh. She's actually uh, British. the The film was filmed in England, and when they thought it over, like she originally did her lines, when they thought it over, they thought it was kind of strange in the beginning that a British little girl would be in Kansas, so they dubbed over her lines. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I guess that we're talking about like portrayals now. What did you think of the guy who played the Gnome King and the Doctor? He was good. I really liked him. Um, I, I guess in general, I, I do really like how this film, um, it kind of takes inspiration from the MGM movie in the beginning, right? Yeah. Where uh, it's real life and these real life things inspire things that Dorothy sees. Um, mm-hmm. And so when he plays the doctor, he does a, I think he does a really good job of like doing this balance of sounding understanding, but there's also mm-hmm. something kind of, off about how he talks if that makes sense like he's analyzing you mm-hmm. and he doesn't have like the best intentions at the same time and i don't know i just think that's it's a really 
it's a really good balance. And uh, it works really well when he's the Gnome King as well. Because they, mm-hmm. you know, they trust him at first that there's no trick going yeah. on. Yeah. And he's, but he's, he's really got this alternative motive. So it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't realize that he was both the Doctor and the Gnome King until towards the end when I looked something else up on Wikipedia and then I saw that he was both characters. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, really? I noticed the nurse. Like, the nurse right away, like, when she's in that hall and she op- opens the one door and the one head, I was like, that's got to be the, the same as the nurse. And it was. Yeah. She's got those crazy but, sleeves on her dress in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know if you noticed, but the head wheeler was the guy who had the um, the gurney. I didn't notice, but that was another thing that I saw on Wikipedia after the fact. I was like, oh, yeah, I can see that now. I, I guess uh, just in general, the beginning is really interesting. <laughs> I mm. like it, but uh, I understand a lot of people think it's like too creepy. Yeah, I, I can see why they would think that, but. It made for an interesting version. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it works really well. And also, I think it works really well with, like, the time period as well, where electricity mm-hmm. was becoming more in use. They didn't understand yeah. mental health as well. Um, it was yeah. very experimental. Kind of like this whole thing about, like, uh, the century of progress, too. And then also, even uh, Aunt Em and Uncle Henry were pretty interesting. I have like a, a book that is a you know those uh books that are adaptations of films like a novelization yeah novelization that's the word thank you um i have a novelization of this film uh and it's pretty you know you think it would just be standard but it's actually based off um a fuller script than the movie mm. and uh it's okay. re- yeah it's really interesting like you get aunt m's point of view which is kind of like She's just really, really tired. Um, Uncle Henry is like, he hurt his leg and and now he's like kind of depressed. And even though it's better, he hasn't been working. You know, you, you just. Yeah, you, I was kind of confused as to what happened with his leg because they mentioned it and they never really explained it. Yeah, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like a depression thing, I think, because there's no real like other explanation his leg okay. gets better, but it's he he's not doing anything. There's this deleted scene where he's sitting on the unmade end of the house, and uh, there's like a star he gets from his cigarette packs. And he when he finishes, he puts it, he like tacks it on a post, and you just see like all these stars. So he's been just been smoking for who knows how long. Hmm. So it's. Uh, you get the sense of like hopelessness from them, and that's why they're desperate yeah. enough to try the electroshock therapy. Yeah, I was. I don't know if "confused" is the right word. It just felt weird to have Aunt Em and Uncle Henry be that way. <laughs> they didn't feel like Aunt Em and Uncle Henry, and at times Aunt Em almost felt mean. Even though I, I guess I can understand like if she's desperate to get some answers as to why Dorothy isn't sleeping. But she she just she came off as kind of mean at the beginning. Yeah, there's also another deleted scene where she's not mean. It, you kind of get more of a sense that she's just at her wit's end. Mm-hmm. So there's this deleted scene at the very beginning when she notices Dorothy isn't sleeping. And she offers to do this like relaxing ritual to try to help her sleep by pretending to paint her face like a doll. So you, could, like, you can see in this scene that um, it was meant to be that she does care about Dorothy and she just doesn't know what to do mm-hmm. but they cut it out mm-hmm. and then I kind of love how like uh, the other things like you see a moose head like outside the doctor's office and that's the gump the, his machine is I like TikTok I don't think I even noticed that I've, I oh. wondered about the machine I kind of thought that the machine was going to end up being TikTok uh. but then TikTok looked totally different when you actually get to Oz well, yeah, but I mean, it's still like a machine with the face. Yeah, it was. I guess it was just an allusion to it. Yeah. But when it first showed up, I was like, "I is that going to be TikTok when she gets there?" <laughs> that would be crazy. And then, of course, the pumpkin, which is uh, given to her by Ozma, 
who is Jack's yes. mom. Um, I think another thing, you know, maybe this is me stretching, but when we when you first see Ozma as um, a patient, I, I assume she's a patient. Um, she's in kind of like this stained glass window that like mm-hmm. lets oval shaped and clear in the middle, and it kind of makes me think of like a mirror shape. So I kind of wonder if that was on purpose as well. I wasn't really sure how th- how all of this stuff was supposed to work. Like, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things with a lot of Oz adaptations. Like, is Oz a dream or is it some other dimension? Like, I didn't know if Ozma had come through to the Earth dimension from the Oz dimension. <laughs> I, I, it's one of those things where I feel like that with a lot of these especially like the MGM version because it's like did it actually happen or was it all a dream or maybe it was both I don't know that is the kind of weird thing about Return to Oz because it kind of chooses to do both yeah yeah because at the end you get Ozma in the mirror and she says she Mm -hmm. can come back at any time you know and so it's yeah that that is kind of weird I almost kind of maybe prefer you know it is more book accurate but maybe it would have been better if she didn't see her in the mirror and it was kind of left up to question whether it really happened or not. Um, <laughs> that would be even more dark. <laughs> Is Dorothy going crazy? <laughs> <laughs> but this time she could sleep, so it's okay. You know, because <laughs> um, the other weird thing is like Ozma being a patient, right? Like maybe you could make the argument that as a patient, she's just a figment of Dorothy's imagination. Like, maybe she's not really there. Well, maybe mirrors in Oz are like portals to Earth. Maybe, maybe by with Mombi trapping her in the mirror, she was actually sending her to Earth. Oh, <laughs> Who knows? maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's not too far out of line. Um, in general, actually, mirrors are really fascinating in Return to Oz. You got the, you know, Ozma being stuck in a mirror. You got the throne room is made of mirrors and it's gorgeous. Um, mm, yeah. Then you got Ozma in the mirror at the end, and then Dorothy pulls Ozma from the mirror. And uh, also, I don't know if you noticed, but in the, Dorothy's room at the hospital, um, there's a vanity without a mirror. Like a, it has the part where the mirror is supposed to be, but there's no no reflective surface. I didn't notice, but now that you say that, I think I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, but I I'm didn't not think sure of it. I'm not sure if that's supposed to symbolize something, but I I feel like that's on purpose, especially with all the other mirror imagery. The thing mm. is, is that I'm at a loss to say, you know, why there's so many mirrors. I mm. mean, as an Alice fan, I love it, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if what they're trying to say. I I, I feel like there's something about Ozma being a reflection of Dorothy. So instead of, you know, like Ozma's still like a dual character, like in the book, but instead of being a boy, she's also kind of Dorothy, but I don't get what exactly they're trying to do. Yeah. Especially since, you know, like Ozma tells Dorothy she could visit. So if they Mm -hmm. are reflections of each other, isn't that kind of weird? Come play with yourself and... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, in the books, Dorothy visits and they do stuff together anyway, so... Yeah, but I mean, I in mean, the in the book, she's not, they're not reflections of each other. Yeah. So the, the movie... I don't, I don't know what they were going for. Yeah, the Return to Oz did make this kind of weird reflection thing. Yeah, and I'm not sure exactly what that meant. I love it. Because mirrors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I especially love Dorothy pulling her from a mirror. But it's... I I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they just thought it was cool. Maybe. Actually, uh, I need to finish... I never did finish that novelization, like, reading it. I need to do that. Um, <laughs> maybe there you will find answers. Yeah, maybe I should have done that before this. Oops. Um, <laughs> I don't know where it is, though. We already talked somewhat about the doctor, but I thought it was, I don't know if funny is the right word, but when Uncle Henry finds the ad for this electroshock 
therapy, it says that it's electric healing. <laughs> and that kind of cracked me up. <laughs> I think ads at that time did actually say that kind of stuff. I, I would yeah. I would not be surprised. I, I, I just like how they phrased things back then. And even <laughs> if they didn't, this feels like some, some way that some quack doctor would phrase some sort of pseudoscience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then another character we haven't talked about yet is Bolina, the chicken. Oh, right. I remember... I remember her from the book, but I don't remember her. Was she actually Dorothy's chicken in the book? Because I thought uh, no, she I just think found so. her. I think, uh, I think in the book, and it's the third book, um, Dorothy's on a ship with Uncle Henry. Yeah. And I think she just ends up like in a chicken box or something. like. So I think it's a random chicken. Okay. Yeah, because in this version... The chicken is one of many chickens on the farm, and it's one specifically pointed out because she's not laying eggs anymore, and Dorothy's worried that she's going to be eating fried chicken at some point. (laughs) (laughs) But then later, after they escape from the hospital, (laughs) I'm not sure exactly what happened, but they fell down a ravine into the river, and then somehow they're in the ocean, and then she finds... Belina again. Yeah. I don't know how Belina got there, but she's in the river slash ocean slash pond when they eventually get to Oz. This so yeah, I don't of, I don't know how that works. Yeah, this is kind of like the some one of the things in this movie that doesn't make sense. Why even like it, why not just have it be a random chicken? That would make more sense than Belina being her yeah you know, being her chicken. Yeah, it would. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, the puppet for Blina is pretty int- like pretty well done. Yeah, it was. It actually mostly looked real. <laughs> yeah. Mostly. And, yeah, and, and then they would switch it out for a chicken. Uh, but uh-huh. for the most part, I don't really think you could tell. But then again, I did just... I watched it with a friend who hated Blina. And just, it was like, like, thought the puppet was creepy. So, you know, maybe your mileage may vary. Some people might notice. I think some people just have a thing about puppets. True. Yeah. I I guess you can kind of get an uncanny valley effect when it's like a real animal. Yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of that, but I thought she was still really well done, especially if you compare her to the gump. (laughs) <laughs> the gump wasn't as good but you know the gump was like really advanced technology for the time actually i think it was like all, i can believe it yeah it's like all cables uh. he had like a whole team of puppeteers like off mm-hmm. camera so it's he's really impressive but yeah he's not as good as like tiktok or jack i think the part of the problem is probably the fact that he has what should be a much more expressive mouth, whereas Bolina only has a beak, and TikTok and Jack, I don't think they have mouths to move at all. Yeah, so TikTok fa- just I has think, like uh, the mustache that moves up and down. Yeah, and it is much harder to pass something like that off as opposed to just a beak or a mustache or a non-moving mouth. Like his mouth. You could tell it wasn't real because it wasn't moving absolutely perfectly. Mm. I it moved well enough, especially for kids watching. I'm sure they're not going to notice. I'm an adult who picks these things apart. <laughs> but compare, compared to Bolina, I thought it wasn't quite as good. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, the Gump in general is kind of a eh character. Yeah, that's true. It's, even in the book, he was just kind of like, this is weird. <laughs> and if anyone's listening who hasn't read the book, the Gump is basically a, a mounted head of a moose-like creature, a mm. moose-slash-deer-like creature that has been strapped to, I think, two couches mm. and put leaves on them as wings and then all brought to life as one creature. <laughs> It's yeah, very strange. Can you imagine if you died and then you woke up like that? 
<laughs> that was another thing that they just kind of glossed over in the movie. He said that the last thing he remembers is hearing a really loud noise, and then he's now here. <laughs> yeah. But it's... Well, I mean, at, at some point, you just kind of have to accept what's happening to you, right? So maybe he's just kind of... <laughs> He accepted it real quick. He's like, okay, I guess I'm a weird couch beast now. (laughs) You know, well, I mean, it's either like accept it now or, you know, like drop into the deadly desert, like being confused, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) but yeah, the the goat's definitely, he has like a few lines, but he's definitely not my favorite character in this movie. Mm. My favorite is TikTok, 100%. He's adorable. I think he might be mine too, <laughs> which so... I wasn't expecting because he didn't make that much of an impression on me in the book. But there's something about this this movie version that was like really endearing. Yeah, he's just he's so cute, and the way his like mustache moves and his his gem like almost like gemstone eyes, um, mm. and they're different colors. So, so the way this was done was uh, the top like the head is was radio operated. And then inside was like an acrobat. Uh, so imagine the TikTok in the movie. The top twist is off, right? Like at the waist. Okay. So the performer inside would be like bent over backwards. They would actually like walk backwards as well to do like the waddling effect. Huh. It's pretty incredible if you like look at footage of it. Yeah, it doesn't really look like something that a person would fit into. But I suppose if you're some kind of a contortionist you could squeeze yourself in uh, that's pretty much what he did and then they they'd strap him in huh yeah it's pretty crazy then jack was just a typical like puppet and then sometimes it'd be a human portraying him you can kind of tell when it's a human yeah but it's not too bad and in a way like the way the human walked was like really good mm-hmm. um and then i like how jack's uh head like expands and stretches to like kind of make expressions in a way, because otherwise yeah, he's I did, expressionist. Yeah, I did kind of notice something going yeah. on there. So it's like he's not completely expressionist, expressionless. Uh-huh. All the puppetry and and the animation is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, even things like the wheelers, I thought they were really well done. Oh yes, yes. I can you imagine doing that? I just I can't even imagine. <laughs> My thought was, can you imagine being that? Like. <laughs> <laughs> how do they get dressed they literally just have wheels for hands and feet how do they dress themselves because they have on these elaborate costumes um... <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where you just have to kind of accept, accept the oz magic or whatever yeah but maybe they're just born that way and then, and then you start to wonder the if they're bored. Part of their body. And, and, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. Because there weren't any girl wheelers. They were all. They all looked basically the same. Yeah, maybe you just like wheelers just appear like fully formed <laughs> in clothing. You know. <laughs> maybe they lay eggs. Like eggs roll down their <laughs> sleeves. Like that's how they lay eggs. They just kind of lift their arm up, and some eggs fall out, and then a baby wheeler hatches. <laughs> 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 and their clothes grow with them. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the most scientific approach to this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what did you think of uh, how Mombi was portrayed? I liked her. She wasn't exactly what I had in mind when I thought of Mombi, but I didn't. Mombi to me is just the witch in the books. So this yeah. was different because they combined two characters. I can't remember the other character's name though. She was either she was a princess, princess or a queen. Princess Lang did we? She had like a really long weird name. Yeah. This is like pretty much the char- that character, but named Mombi with the responsibility of taking care of Ozma. Yeah. I mean, really, she's only really Mombi in in name. Well, was the was the princess evil? in the book because i seem to remember she was just a character like i don't remember her being evil maybe it's been a long time since i've read it so maybe i'm misremembering i uh it's been a long time since i read it too i mean she does i'm pretty sure she does take heads which is kind of evil 
Oh, in the book, she like steals people's heads. I, I didn't remember so. that from the book. Yeah. I thought that was like a, a new dark twist that they made up for this movie. If uh, that's what happened in the book, then yeah, she's evil. But I didn't remember that. But like I said, it's been a long time since I've read that specific book. Yeah, I, I, I've actually only, I think I, is that Road to Oz? I've only read it like once. Wait, no, no, not Road to Oz. I think no. that, what is it? I think it's Ozma of Oz. Ozma of Oz. Isn't I, it? Yeah, it is. It's Ozma of Oz. I've only read it once, like ever, so. I think I've only read it once too, and it was several years ago. I've read um, Marvel's Land of Oz more than that one, I think. Same. Um, I don't know. I just like Land of Oz more. I think I've read up to Patchwork Girl of Oz, and uh, I stopped after that. Because Bomb gets kind of weird. <laughs> like, I mean, he started out kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, he forgets his own canon or alters it. Oh, okay. It's, it just gets kind of confusing. At some point, you could kind of just tell he doesn't care anymore, and he's just doing this because it's the only <laughs> thing people will buy. Yeah, I could say that. Yeah. So it's kind of... It, I, I, I kind of, like, didn't get as interested, like, to read the, uh, the later ones. But, um... Mm-hmm. And then I'm not even... You know, even if I did, I'm not going to read the rest of the 40. I, I don't count any of that. Yeah, because at some point, other people started taking over, and then Oz kind of went branching off in different directions. Yeah, and some of it's complete nonsense. Like, is mm. I think there's a book about, like, airplanes in oz and it's like really yeah i I think it came out the same year as the movie so it's just like you know it it just gets really dumb Mm. and (laughs) well i mean if they can make a tiktok i suppose they could make an airplane too (laughs) yeah but i I don't know i'm just like uh it's not it's not like fantasy enough for me um yeah but anyway so I, my, I guess my point is I, I haven't read the later books as much. I've read the first two a lot. I don't know why. Well, I like the first. I, I, I like the first two, I guess. I think, I think I'm probably about the same because I've read the first one a lot. I've read the second one probably two or three times. Mm-hmm. The third one I know I've read. And after that, I think I've read some, but I don't remember how many or how far I got. Mm-hmm. Because at some point you just get kind of, like, exhausted by it. There's so many characters. <laughs> yeah, there are. It's like a, a new cast of... He always has to come up with, like, a motley crew of of different people to go on the different adventures together. Yeah, but then, like, uh, then he has to, like, include them all later, too. <laughs> so then it just gets confusing. I think at some point there's, like, four little girls, including Dorothy and Ozma. And it's like, why so uh, many? Okay. You've, you've read farther than me then. I yeah. don't remember Four Little Girls. I remember Dorothy and Ozma. Yeah. Uh, at some point, like, two other little girls join, I think at separate huh. times. It, it just, it, you know, it gets it gets to be a lot. Like, calm down. I can't keep track. <laughs> oh, and Dorothy becomes a princess, which is cute. Um, I vaguely remember that happening. And then when... When Auntie M and Uncle Henry come to live there, I'm like, uh. <laughs> I do vaguely remember that too. Which book did that happen in? I don't remember. Was that but in Ozma, or was that later? That's, it's later. I remember like okay. not being impressed with that book though. Like it's basically like them touring Oz, being like, "This is weird," and <laughs> but like not not really in a fun way. It, it's just really more an excuse. Like I, I feel like it's more of an excuse for Bomb. Not to have to make up new crazy ways for Dorothy to end up in Oz. Probably. Yeah, she lives here now, and so do her <laughs> aunt and uncle. But you're never, you're not gonna really see them again because they're just gonna like be off and doing their own thing. But uh, they're they're here, <laughs> and. <laughs> well, really, if you were given a choice between living in the fantastical land of Oz or the boring farmland in Kansas, I think I probably would pick Oz. I don't know. Oz is like really utopian for me. I don't know if I could stand being there for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's always getting like attacked by witches and stuff. So it's not like That's true. too utopian. There's always some kind of a threat. That's true. <laughs> but I don't know. I, 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 I actually kind of prefer like Wonderland, complete chaos. Just, 
But sometimes I, I read some of the things Bob Wright wrote, like uh, like them having no money, like they don't need it. I'm like, okay. Oh, that's true. All right, Bob. All right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't work very well. Yeah. I remember thinking that that would work really well when I was a kid. I was like, I just can go to the store and just get something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, then I you guess grow up and realize it's not a good idea. Um, I guess that's what maybe, you know, that's the reasoning behind it. But I was just like, this feels kind of like strangely political. No, I'm not for it. <laughs> and <laughs> whereas Wonderland, it's like, that doesn't even come up. So that's why I prefer it. But anyway, mm-hmm. sorry, we're getting off track, even though it's still about Oz. <laughs> But uh, later books, weird. Yeah. <laughs> to sum it up. They're all weird, but some, the more they get weirder and weirder, the further you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think so. But I, I haven't finished them all. Someone, you know, people might dis- disagree. I'm trying to think of what else to say about the movie. Um, the sets are gorgeous. Costumes are gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Especially the witch's castle or the queen's whatever she is <laughs> her castle is amazing yeah well it's uh, actually the um, it's the palace of the emerald city she took it over oh okay. yeah actually the emerald city is gorgeous i love it i mean you mostly yeah, see especially it in, after it's been restored yeah you mostly see it in ruins but you could tell it was you know like a gorgeous place though mm-hmm. i almost kind of wish you see more you see more of it oh and then i i'm just I was just suddenly reminded of the finale scene. Like, you have all these obscure Oz characters in the background. Uh, yeah, I was wondering about that, because I saw things that looked vaguely familiar. And I was wondering, like, there was a frog at one point. I was like, are these all characters from the books? Or yes, is it just somebody overusing their imagination and putting in a bunch of random stuff that they thought would be cool? No, no, th- those are all characters from the books. It's insane. Oh, okay. Uh, off the top of my head, like Button Bright, Polychrome. There's a lot. Uh, pro- and a lot of those are like their only appearance ever in an adaptation. Huh. I, I think there's uh, there's people who are more familiar with the books who have gone through and identified characters. Okay. But it's kind of... It, it's that... I, I feel like Return to Oz is like a passion project, like a love letter to the books. Um, mm-hmm. It's details like that that really endear the movie to me, even mm-hmm. if it is a little weird sometimes and nonsensical. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, just like the amount of passion and dedication someone had to have to be like, let's mm-hmm. let's put all these characters from the books that most people aren't going to recognize, but the nerds will. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're making this movie for, for the nerds, you know? <laughs> Uh, so it's like oh, another little detail I noticed, which I've never heard anybody else mention this. So, you know, the lady, the stone lady who's reading a book in Emerald City, if you remember her. I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. When she comes back to life, the pa- the pages in her book blow in the wind and you can see it's she's reading Land of Oz. Oh, I did not notice that. Yeah, specifically, I recognize like the the sawhorse illustration. So it's just a really a lot of little details like that that they didn't need to do. They could have just put in like an ordinary textbook, you know, but they did that. So I, I really like the attention to details like that. Yeah, interesting. Does that mean that she was reading the history of the actual land? <laughs> Although no, it would be like an alternate history, because <laughs> she's reading like fan, like real people fan fiction in that universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something that like was that. Eerily accurate to what did happen, um, <laughs> but but still, I I mean, obviously, it's just like an Easter egg, but it's it's really neat. Yeah, yeah. Well, we haven't talked much about the Gnome King. We we oh. mentioned him, but I think. As far as, like, special effects go, he's the best one. Like, the animation on him, like, transforming into a human, and it happened over several scenes, so you almost don't even notice it at first. Yeah. And then, like, he was, like, over halfway to human. I was like, he's actually becoming human, and this, I hadn't even noticed it. (laughs) It was so well done. It's just so subtle and perfect. Like, they went from claymation 
to a guy with makeup and you barely notice it's so good yeah it's it's done and and it just looks good too right like he looks even even as he's human uh as it's a human actor he still like looks stone like stone in a way um Mm -hmm. and i i just like i just love the idea that he's like feeding off of them becoming ornaments i never really even understood that in the book (laughs) yeah uh that didn't happen in the book and it doesn't make any sense because like well he did turn them into ornaments in the book yeah he did but he didn't like get more powerful from it i don't think yeah probably not yeah but i that said i'm here for it i still you know i like it even if it doesn't make sense because it's like how is he powerful enough to take over the emerald you know take over oz but he can't yeah. leave his mountain without grabbing some more souls i, I don't know like <laughs> Well, plus, even after he's defeated, his magic is still working somehow, because they're, they're still turning people back with the spell that he was behind. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know how that works. It's Oz magic, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Look, movie good, okay? <laughs> Just don't think about it. <laughs> it's also not really... I don't think it's like really super clear what the relationship between Mombi and the Gnome King is. It's not exactly clear, but I th- I got the sense that like he sort of hired her to yeah. take care of Ozma. I don't know why exactly, but but then you got to ask what I gathered. But then you got to ask why turn why not just turn Ozma into an ornament? Oh, that's true. Yeah, really. <laughs> why <laughs> that would have been a whole lot easier than getting a witch to trap her in a mirror where she could eventually escape from yeah well that and it would add to his power right supposedly because yeah when he makes more ornaments he gets more power uh, you know what actually i'm gonna excuse all of this and say dream logic okay like dreams yeah. don't make sense like that's kind of what you have to do with a lot of these things <laughs> yeah that's true a lot of fantasy stuff you you can't really think about it too much especially oz yeah especially oz if you think if you think too much about how Oz operates as a society, it just doesn't work. Uh-huh. Oh, and we're talking about sets. I loved the set where all the ornaments were kept. I thought it looked so cool. It was like some sort of palace room. I like I just really liked it. All the like variety of stuff too. Like um, uh-huh. it was just it was really cool what they managed to find. Sometimes you just like watch the movie and just like, "Oh, that's a cool thing." Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i was was also wondering because don't they find like a painting of her friends Mm -hmm. but it looks like it's ancient and really that's another thing like the the whole emerald city is in ruins so how long has passed between when dorothy was there and now so is it like do do these does does the land of oz operate like narnia with different timelines happening between Earth and Narnia. Because, like, I I got the sense that maybe only a couple of months had passed between the tornado taking her to Oz and... Yeah, it's less than a year. ...this story. So I feel like more time had to have passed in Oz than it did on Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. You know what? I didn't think about it that much, but I think you're right. I think it, there had to be more time passing because ev- mm-hmm. everything's covered in like cobwebs falling apart. I, I, at first, yeah. I excused it as you know maybe it's a spell that the Gnome King did, but uh, thinking about it, I don't really think I don't really think that makes sense either because like the Munchkin Village is just gone. Yeah, that's true too. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's that's it's. But they never explained what happened to the Munchkins either. Yeah, it didn't, and that's kind of weird. It's kind of like Emerald City's in ruins, but it's still there. What? Why are the Munchkins like? Why aren't their houses there? Maybe they just didn't want to build the set. (laughs) But her house is still there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just gonna chalk it up to it being like Narnia time. Yeah, that's about all you can do. Yeah, I think that's all you can do, really. Um, I think in the books, there's it might be implied that timelines could be different, but I I don't know. Mm. It's been too long since I've read it, so I don't remember 
what how much time had passed. Oh, we didn't talk about Scarecrow and the Lion and the Tin Winsman. Yeah, they're not really in there a whole lot, so I kind of forgot about them. Yeah. <laughs> they're there I, at the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got Scarecrow. He's sort of the the driving force of the plot because she's trying to find him, but yeah. she doesn't find him until the end. Yeah, but uh, he his costume just looks derpy. <laughs> That's true, but the illustrations in the books, he usually looks kind of derpy. True. I, I actually, I really love the faithfulness to the illustrations. So I know that what they were trying to do for the Scarecrow, but I just kind of wonder if it could have been done better. But since he wasn't like a major character, they didn't, you know, try too much harder. He also, I feel, I felt like he could, he could have moved a little bit better, but you know, whatever. It's probably one of those things where people are so used to the MGM version that everything else seems off. To be fair, uh, the MGM Scarecrow was really well done. Yeah. It'd be hard to, like, do something as good as that without replicating it. Then the Tim Woodsman is really well done, I think, for being such a minor character. Um, yeah. I like how his, his eyes can move, too, and he looks just like the illustrations. Yeah, very, very close to the illustrations, even down to the legs and arms that look too skinny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then Lion, uh... He is a lion. He unlike, didn't turn out too MGM well, version. though. Yeah, but he didn't that's, he that's doesn't true. look very good. I kind of pref- almost prefer how the MGN version does the lion compared to this. Like, I'm just like, I, that's a person on all fours. <laughs> I, I, I kind of agree, but I do like I I do want a version where it's like a real lion. Like mm-hmm. I like the idea of it being a real lion. I do like the MGM lion, even though he's not a lion. He's a person in a fluffy costume. Yeah. <laughs> but I I do I do like the idea of, of being a literal lion, and mm. that, I did like that about Return to Oz. Even if he's not the greatest lion, he's only on screen for like a minute, so it was he has fine, a, I guess he has a cute little bow in his hair. <laughs> that's also book accurate too yeah yeah um pretty much almost almost everything is book accurate except for like i would say the plot's probably the most altered from the book yeah i mean in some ways it's very book accurate and in other ways it's not because they're joining two books together yeah and then writing a whole new beginning and end because the beginning was way darker than anything in the books. <laughs> Dorothy going undergoing psychiatric treatment that includes electroshock therapy. That was not in the books. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Monkey de- monkey decapitation is pretty dark. I... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or being like, actually, when you think about it, when Dorothy's like held prisoner by the witch, is is it's also like really dark. She's there for a while in the book. Yeah, basically a slave. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty dark for a kids book, really. Yeah. Anyway, uh, trying to think, if there's anything else to talk about Return to Oz? Well, we should probably talk about the end because I thought the oh. end was the end. It's not supposed to be funny, but it cracked me up. <laughs> because... How so? <laughs> I don't know why, but she eventually, well, she frees Ozma, uh-huh. and. They've reunited, but then they, she has to say goodbye. She's got to go home. She wakes up next to the river. So it's basically, was it a dream? Was it not a dream? Did it actually happen? But then she's found by Toto, Uncle Henry, and Aunt Em. And at first I was like, why are they there? Because she's supposed to be off by herself in this hospital. But then they reveal that the, the hospital was hit by lightning and burned to the ground. <laughs> For some reason, I just started laughing. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> it, it is a pretty big coincidence. <laughs> and then they reveal that everyone was rescued, except for the doctor who ran back to rescue his machines. Mm. And then you got like the, the nurse in the, the jail carriage. I was I was confused by that because I thought it looked like Mombi's third head. 
No, it's instead of it's the original head. Because okay, I was I was confused because Mombi had three heads, or well, she I mean, she had like over thirty, but she had three that she wore throughout the film. Mm. And I think the nurse was head number two. No, the nurse is the original head. Okay. Well, I thought that the one that was in the cage was the one that was not the nurse. And then I was confused. <laughs> but maybe I just saw it wrong. I don't know. The thing that I find confusing about the nurse in the jail carriage, I mean, I think I figured it out is that it's implied that when they rescued everybody, they found out about the patients and stuck and like trapped in the basement and she's oh. being jailed for crimes, but they never say it. So like, yeah, that's true. There was a lot of weird stuff happening in that hospital. We, we kind of didn't talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, I get, you're just supposed to connect the dots when she sees her in the carriage. And I could see that being confusing to people. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the whole hospital thing, I don't, I don't know how these people got away with this. I mean, pe- people get away with stuff all the time, but like the hospital just seemed to be some sort of sick experiment. <laughs> like yeah, they I basically mean, treated that, her like a prisoner. Sadly, that wasn't far off from the truth. Like even up till like, uh, I think the seventies, there was a journalist who like went undercover as a mental patient. Yeah. And the yeah. Uh, conditions were atrocious. That is true. Yeah. I guess maybe this is more accurate than I would like to believe. Unfortunately, it probably is. Yeah, but that was, that was like the whole time she was in the hospital, you just heard things, and like at certain points, there were people screaming, and like uh. I could see why people said that this movie terrified them as children. What? <laughs> Look, it just makes children stronger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That kid I showed, she turned out fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, she apparently liked it because she wanted to watch the scary Oz. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, the, the hospital is definitely um, kind of a messed up uh, situation. Mm-hmm. And then, do you think it's kind of weird, like at the end when she sees Ozma in her bedroom mirror? Which, by the way, her, her bedroom's very cute. And then. She calls for Aunt M, and Ozma's like, no, you shouldn't have. And so she tilts the mirror mm. up. But you see Ozma disappear before she tilts the mirror up, because probably they couldn't, uh, like, track the effect, right? Or, and yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know, I just found that weird. Yeah, I think the main thing that I found weird is, like, why not let Aunt M know that you're not crazy? Like, why does this have to be a secret? Because Ozma like, says so. She's princess. We gotta listen to her. <laughs> okay. Well, I, it, you know, she could, like, deny Dorothy to go back to Oz. Oh, yeah, well, you don't want that. Yeah, because uh, Oz has been so great for Dorothy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm kidding. Obviously, uh, there are good things about Oz, even in this one. But it is kind of like, why? why would you want to go back there? Yeah, that's kind of true. This this version of Oz is kind of traumatic. <laughs> yeah, especially, and we haven't even seen, you know, their version of the first book. But apparently, yeah. apparently it, I, I'm imagining it had monkey decapitations, okay? So, <laughs> <laughs> but she can't I, I sleep. I would so. She, she can't sleep for a reason. So. Yeah, she just keeps imagining those poor monkeys. <laughs> Oh man! Now I'm just imagining that cute, cartoony-looking tin woodsman <laughs> violently attacking monkeys with a big smile on his face. <laughs> oh man, I-, I would actually love to see that. <laughs> and Dorothy's just in the background like this is fine <laughs> I'm not traumatized it's okay <laughs> well I suppose we probably could wrap this up alright I highly recommend watching this uh, if anybody listening uh, hasn't yeah if you're a fan of Oz or 80s fantasy movies or traumatizing children's content 
that too. <laughs> Any of those. This is definitely one you don't want to miss. Or if you're a fan of puppetry or stop motion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of that in here. Yeah. And it's all really well done. It really is. All right. Yeah. I, I think that covers all the, the bases of who would be interested in this. <laughs> yeah. Well, until next time, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Uh, yes. I'm PhantomWise on YouTube. Um, not that I upload th- any <laughs> I upload anything there. Uh, and then I was still she haunts me PhantomWise on Tumblr with hyphens in the middle. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> okay. I'll have that linked below. All right. Well, thank you for having me on. It was a lot of fun to talk about one of my favorite films. Yeah. It was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I guess I was kind of expecting something kind of cheesy and <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't expecting it to be like good. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, well, I guess until next time. Till next time. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yep, thanks for joining me. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Every Version Ever. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you prefer. And of course, make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access. And we'll see you soon for another brand new episode of the show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Every Version Ever.